Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs and Pastor Keith Radke of River Community Church in West Jordan. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am Pastor Steve Pearson, your host for today. I am the pastor at Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. And you're probably wondering where Keith Radke's voice is, as he usually is the host of the show. And I'm in the background. Um, Keith is taking a little time off for the next couple of weeks. And so he will be returning shortly. But um, we've had the privilege last week and as well this week in part two to have the worship leader at Redemption Hill Church, um, where I pastor, um, Adam Richardson, to be in studio with us. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Steve. Well, I should say welcome back. <laughs> um, hey, real quick, if um, if you're a new listener to Shouts of Grace, we want to encourage you to catch up on all of our all of our past broadcasts by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you'll find um, almost 80 episodes where we've been doing this. And, and there's a whole host of topics there that can that can uh, help you. Um, those of you that are listening for the first time or you're a newer listener to Shouts of Grace, we are basically um, just trying to take God's Word in a real basic level and apply it to different parts of life and what God's Word has to say um, concerning a biblical worldview in regard to that. And so um, we hope you've enjoyed uh, those broadcasts. And if you have, why not just uh, drop us a, a quick note, a quick uh, email by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com under the contact section, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future broadcasts that you think would be a, a help to you and the listeners, then feel free to put those in there as well. And always we want to give a shout-out to uh, Key Radio here um, in Provo, Utah, for the partnership that we have with them, and ask you to consider supporting them. Um, we are we are thrilled to be in a relationship with them, and, and they're fantastic, uh, fantastic people. And so today what we want to do is we want to continue um, on part two of this series. Uh, we started last week um, and really looking into the heart of worship and, and what that means in, in a Christian context as far as in general but also um, more specific in regard to when we come into the house of God and we're and we're worshiping God in music. Kind of what's what's what are all the nuts and bolts of that kind of look like, and and what's the heart behind that? And so last week we started this conversation with with Adam, the worship leader at Redemption Hill, and we talked about a number of things. But Adam, what I want to kind of I want to circle back on and kind of maybe drop anchor on this one a little bit because I think we kind of kind of went through it real quick, but I, I think there's a lot more to it. Is um, when when we talk about worship today, it almost seems like there's there's this this desire to manufacture an environment where the Holy Spirit can come in and touch the emotions of men. And so we do a lot of things. We you know with with we talked about just to briefly the lighting. It needs to be perfect. We need the blue lights over here and the green lights over here. We got you know we need the we need the instruments set up in the right way and 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 the musicians need to be taught to sway a certain way and you know and and just all the all the little the little things that go along with with really drawing people in and manufacturing the work of the Holy Spirit 
who really is the one who needs to show up and 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 inhabit the praises of the people and and leave his imprint on on their lives. And and what I want to do is I want to start off. Um, there, there's a scripture in Second Kings chapter sixteen. It's very interesting. Um, where the king of Judah, um, King Ahaz, who who was not a good king, he decides to go down to this place called Damascus. And he meets with with the king of Assyria there. And and it says something very interesting. It says in verse 10 of 2 Kings 16, and this kind of goes along with what we're saying, when King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet uh, Tiglath-Pelzer, king of of Assyria, he saw the altar that was at Damascus. Then King Ahaz sent to Uriah the priest a model of the altar and its pattern exact in all its details. And Uriah the priest built the altar in accordance with all that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus. So Uriah the priest made it before King Ahaz arrived from Damascus. And, and, and here's what I find interesting about that, Adam. And I think there's a, there's a correlation here is you have this, this guy who's, who's over the, 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 the people of God, King Ahaz, right? And he goes to this pagan, worldly, ungodly king and he goes into his temple and he takes the blueprints of the worldly king's, you know, center of worship. He sends it back home to the real priest who's in the house of God. And he says, make what the world made. Give me a model of what the world did. And, and, and then the, the, the priest makes the model and, and brings it into the house of God. And, and here's why I bring that up, Adam. And, and you know way more about this than I do is that, is that I think sometimes when it comes to worship, we do that. We go to the king of Assyria, if you will. We go to the world and we look at what their blueprint is, what their model is. We take that blueprint and we send it back to the house of God and we say, make this. And, and, and there's a danger in that because, of course, there isn't true worship in Assyria. <laughs> and, and, and I'm wondering, how far do we go with this? Because, because we're, we're mimicking the world and the style and, and we're building that into the church. And we're saying, now, God, come and bless this. And in your experience, how dangerous is this? What have you seen in, in regard to this? I think the, the, the big problem is, is how natural it, it can occur. It doesn't even, you, don't, you won't recognize that this is where your focus has been changed or, or altered. Um, I, would, I would even go, go as far as to, to emphasize off of the verse that you talked about in Second Kings and say Isaiah 44. Um, it talks about building another altar and creating another altar and building it out of iron and and. and, and and these individuals worshiping them and speaking the name of the Lord, but they're not worshiping the Lord. And um, the problem that you go into in mimicking these uh, these worldly traits, the things that draw attention, you you want people to come to your church, and you you want more individuals to come to your church. You don't really want to recruit others from other churches. If they're getting God somewhere, let them get God. But if you're out there trying to find uh, lost people and and bringing them into a congregation in a safe place. There's a little bit of charisma and magnetism that you really want and desire. Well, it's easy then to move from 
thinking about that and praying and asking God and getting that guidance of his, his guidance and inspiring different, different things that you'd like to do to be involved, and then just going, look, here's the handbook. This is what the book says to do. They like this kind of lighting. They like this volume control. They like these notes. They like to sing these words. They like to see fog machines. They like to see skinny jeans. Whatever it is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you just become this servant to where... Uh, you're you're serving after this this delicious meal that the the world wants to eat, and you're trying to make it the the prettiest looking, the most curb appeal you possibly can. Where on the inside, you've just you know you've created a, a false image, you've created this uh, false idol that when they come into that act of worship, they won't even realize it because. You know, you, you, the solid foundation Christian, I hope you are, if you're up there leading, um, have, have really been the one who, I, I would hate to say it, sold your soul to the devil if you're creating idol worship in, uh, in, in place to try to get that curb appeal up. Hmm. So then would you say there is a danger um, in, in what, I, I guess, when it comes to a person's personal interaction with God, what is necessary? Are the and, and, and I'm not and I'm not saying that having you know having LED lights is a sin and it's a, and you know and having having you know different aspects of you know you know lighting or saw or, or whatever. But 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 what is necessary to draw a person into God? Is it is it the exterior atmosphere or or is it something different? That 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 answer is really all over the place. I mean, from from different camps and different directions and different denominations, everyone's going to have a little bit different, actually significantly different outlook on how that is. Some people don't use instrumentation when they sing; they just sing hymns openly. Um, some of them won't even sing hymns; they just sing outspoken prayer and word when they're out when when they're singing together in a co- in a collective environment. Where then you have the the modern edge, where you have kind of a a, produ- a production per se that is you hear on on radio, you hear on local radio stations, or some you know just some artists I, I follow on on my on my playlist that I listen to, and you know they they do a really great job of producing this stuff. Well, I mean it wouldn't be caught dead in another church, but it, it when when we become so. I, I guess there's there's really no exact science about that, but the exact only comes in the sense that is the Spirit of God ushered into the room, whether that is without instrumentation or if it's a laser light show, is God ushered into the room? And oftentimes when we start working in the manufactured aspect or the scientific approach, we lose that and we just become logistical creators and 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 eliminate any need for God to be there. Hmm. You know, a few months ago we were, you know, at Redemption Hill. The Lord kind of laid a conviction on my heart where I felt like our our pastors weren't weren't praying enough before service for the service and specifically for the Lord to show up, His Spirit to show up in the fellowship, in the worship, in the message. Right? We were just anticipating. Well, if we if we build it, he'll come, right? If we, mm-hmm. if we have a church, then of course he shows up during the message. And if we have music, of course he shows up in the music. But, but God convicted me in, in saying that, listen, it, there's a desperation and a need for you to 
hit the canvas with your brothers and pray specifically, God, would you come and would you fill this place? Because if you don't show up, we could actually build something and manufacture something in the flesh that has no implications in the spirit whatsoever, whether it's the message, the fellowship, or the the actual worship. And so um, what I want to do is, is, is on the other side of the music here, um, or the, sorry, the other side of the break, I, I want to talk about um, more specifically about um, the excellence of worship and how that doesn't necessarily mean that that by desiring excellence, you're manufacturing stuff in the flesh, right? Because God is a God of excellence. I mean, He desires excellence, and and kind of kind of the heart behind that as well. Um, so you're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I'm Pastor Steve Pearson, your host for today, usually in studio with Keith Radke, but with uh, my good friend Adam Richardson, the worship leader at our church, Redemption Hill, in Saratoga Springs. And we're in part two of a series we've been kind of going through on, on all the intricacies of worship and, and what that means with the heart and everything else. And and Adam, before, before we took the break, um, I had mentioned that that a lot of times, you know, people will approach worship and it's just, hey, we're just going to we're going to throw something together um, and, and we're just going to present it. And, and, and we don't realize that there is also a heart of excellence that's that's behind that. You know, um, our congregation, you know, I've shared this before, our congregation wouldn't wouldn't receive nor would they expect a a two hour investment on my part for a Sunday message there. They're they're expecting from me the byproduct of 15 hours of investing my time in prayer with the Lord and and what comes out of that in in the sense of spiritual food to be given to them. Should it be any less with worship? Because here's what we tend to do and, and talk about this as well. You know, a lot of people think worship is, well, that's the first 25, 30 minutes of, of the service. And that's the time where I can be late and check my kids in and kind of get there before the message. And it's really not, you know, and, and that's unfortunate. Talk about the importance of that, the importance of excellence and why it is that people should be in their seats five minutes early. Oh man. I mean, I, that's, that's a, that's a struggle that's happened for probably thousands of years is trying to get everybody to go away from the coffee machine and come in and worship God. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I run into this um, on a, on a weekly basis when I'm when I'm talking to the team, and when I, I, I'm I'm currently working on the worship team and and just kind of mentoring and discipling, and we work together on on a weekly basis. Uh, we meet together on a weekly basis uh, at a, at another uh, another church building that we try to just meet and and go over life of what's what's generally speaking, and. We have a we have a, a list of songs, probably about twenty songs that we go through. We we try to you know go through as quickly as possible. But the the whole heart behind that isn't for us to just be so familiar that we robotically perform a song. Um, but what it is is it's continually working to gel the team, 
and and when you're working with musicians who maybe their skill levels are varying the e- the best way to be able to bring those skill levels together to work on each other and support each other and raise each other up is by just picking a list of songs and staying in it and doing it again next week and doing it again the following week and it's it seems redundant it seems mundane but it's really not. It's, uh, it, it, it really is learning my, my mannerisms when I'm leading a song or I ask another person to sing out and, hey, are we going to do this chorus again? Are we going to do this part? And so, you know, we, we go through those mechanics of, you know, it's, it's really a trust situation. Well, that, that work that we do isn't just for that one night a week that we, we sit down together. Each one of those uh, leaders is is then tasked to take that home and on their time they're working on that falling in love with worship songs when they're listening to hours of playlists and songs just generally you're like oh man i got i just heard this new one and i i just i can't believe it and and i think the 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 thing that you run you run into when you get to the congregation and you get there and you've worked for hours and hours and hours together to gel, to, to, to mesh, to bring a beautiful song is, it, it really is about excellency. It is bringing the, the excellency to that, to the front. Would, would you say that, that where there isn't excellence and, and, and I, and I've seen this in, in my past in 26 years, whether it's, whether it's, you know, in music or, or frankly from, from the pulpit, when, when somebody stands up in the pulpit and they haven't prepared, I know it. When they've winged it, I know it. I, I, I know it from their content. I know it how from their, the, how they're wishwashy. There's not a, you know, there's an uncertainty. There's a, and I can see this person hasn't invested the time. It doesn't mean that they don't have the talent or the ability to teach, but for whatever reason, they haven't invested the time. They haven't taken that gifting seriously to hone it and to present, this is important, the best to God. It, it's not... I'm not there to present anything to the people. If the people are my taskmasters, if the people are my, if, 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 if the people are my boss and they're the ones I'm performing for, I will be miserable. I will be miserable mm-hmm. because some will like it, some won't. I'll be all over the map. But if I invest, if I study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing Amen. them with the truth, if I do that and God's my audience, it's an audience of one, then I have a different heart in my preparation time. I'm preparing for God. I'm saying, God, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to give you my heart and my best and I'm going to bring it to you on Sunday and this study's for you. Then the people become the recipients of my worship to God in that. How does that translate into worship? Oh, man. I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better that way. I, I go back all the way back to Cain and Abel and think about that That you know, not bringing your best before God. You just kind of go, well, here's my... Here's what I, I think I can probably throw together for you, God. You know, I, I hope that you like it, um, but I know that you see straight through me and and see that I really didn't try. I really didn't put any thought into it. And 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 and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I I've, I had a conversation with somebody earlier this week about um, you know when you get up into that setting, it's trusting God, trusting God that He's. You know, if I have the foundation built, if I know how to harmonize, if I know how to sing, if I know how to play this this particular instrument, if I know how to play chords, 
You know, even if I'm unfamiliar with a, a particular song, it's, it's, it's at that moment you trust God, and He has given you the gift and the blessing to be able to be a gift and a blessing to a congregation. Hmm. And hmm. If, if you don't give that over to God, you're making it about man, you're making it about serving man, and you're making it about a fear of man and what they're going to dictate. You're, you're absolutely right when you say, you know, time and time again, you're never going to make everybody happy. And if that's what dictates what I'm going to do tomorrow or what I'm going to do next Sunday, then I'm, I'm just chasing after their approval. Hmm. And, hmm. and the audience of one is, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's that setting I mentioned last week about Matt Redman, where it's 40,000 people, or it's, or I think I said 20, 25,000 people, or, or 15. Hmm. Um, or none. I've been wrecked in my room playing guitar by myself, just going, God, man, you An got audience a hold of, of this. An audience <laughs> of one. And, and honestly, you know, if, if I don't start there and end there, and know that in in my lack of confidence, in my in my lack of you know uh, of 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 self confidence, my confidence is only found in Christ, and you know I have to go with that in mind when, when I'm thinking that. But I think um, you know to to better answer your question about you know the audience of one going up there and 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 maybe the the consequence of not doing that, not working on this in the week's time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, when somebody asks me a question about a song, I can see right through they haven't practiced one bit. Hmm. And I think that's the bigger issue we're talking about, the heart. When we talk about worship, you know, you've said this before to me. You said it's it's not my job to teach people to play their instrument. That That's actually their job. That That's their commitment to God. And so if God has given people a talent, whether it's teaching, whether it's serving, whether it's playing music— it's my job to hone that, right? Because it is a presentation of the gift to the king. And, and if I don't do that, then am I not being reckless with it? Am I not, not being a good steward with it? And so, you know, changing the perspective of my service to God really is what enhances my motivation, right? Because mm-hmm. now I'm motivated. If I'm doing this for the king, I'm in this, right? And so, and so I think, I, I think that's, a, that's a, great, it's a great place to start. In the couple of minutes that that we have left or the one minute that we have left um, talk about what your heart is for the team at Redemption Hill, which could be something that other worship leaders can clamp on. What's your focus? The main thing, man, uh, I, I try to instill this with them and, and get them hungry for this. But sometimes when I, when I mention I mentioned this earlier today in, in this um, is just being lost in worship, getting lost in, in the music and, you know, I I admire people who, uh, you know, have <laughs> have this this logistics about what they do or their order of operation of how they can handle these things. I mean, that's great, but but at the end of the day, um, I look forward to those moments where I don't remember how long I've actually been sitting there listening to music or mm. you know watching watching tutorials about playing a particular part in a song that I just adore. 10,000 reasons or something like that. And, um, you know, to have that hunger that is, un, you know, unquenchable is, is, is really, um, really what I'm, what I'm trying to instill in each one of those members and, and each, and, and from that, that hunger creates a, creates a future leader because of that. So basically, if I'm hearing you correctly, 
I want you want them to worship and have that overflow onto the congregation. Absolutely. Awesome. Hey, listen, we're out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Uh, you've been listening to Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill with Redemption Hill's worship leader, Adam Richardson. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to tune in to next week's episode of Shouts of Grace. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is a joint outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah, and River Community Church in West Jordan, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 